your battlefield is life essentially, right? We're all firefighters. We're all putting out different things, running a million different directions. We're all quote unquote busy, right? But how do you handle that? And you, it's, it's up here. It's in the mind. You got to train your mind to be able to deal with adversity. So that's one way, you know, your listeners, if they're looking to, to invite adversity in their life, attend a crucible style experience. And there's lots of them out there if you, if you know where to search. Or, you know, there could be other variations of that, but do something that's going to get you really uncomfortable, but it's going to test you mentally, physically, emotionally. That's what you really need to look for. Welcome, Trust Builders. I'm Sue Dyer, and this is Lead with Trust, where we explore how leaders can build their business on a foundation of trust and reap the rewards of becoming the top performer in their market. Leaders that understand how to use and leverage trust are uniquely positioned to disrupt their industry and dominate their market. Distrust of businesses and business leaders is at an all-time high. Trusted businesses must have trusted leaders, and your team, your customers, and your vendors are waiting for you to step up and elevate the level of trust in your business. My hope is that this podcast can help you start your trusted leader journey. Hi, welcome to this episode of Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. It's with Brad Ritter, who has just released a new book called The School of Grit, and he has a business called School of Grit. And I think it's so interesting because his book is written because his own experience of not having that many challenges in his life, he could live a pretty comfortable life and felt like maybe he wasn't really living up to his full potential. And so began to start to challenge himself. And one of those challenges was to go to the Kokoro camp, which is considered the most powerful, challenging, physical, mental, and emotional training that's available to anyone that's a civilian. It's uh, sort of like the SEALs Hell Week. And in doing that, he really found an inner strength and began to realize he needed to challenge himself. And so in School of Grit, he helps everyone begin to learn how to challenge themselves. But also he is looking to help people, he's coaching people who want to really take back control of your life through physical mental and emotional practice. So I think it's pretty cool. So listen up and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome trusted leaders to a new episode of Lead with Trust. And today we have a great guest that I'm so excited to learn more about, Brad Ritter. Welcome to Lead with Trust. Thanks, Sue. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So uh, I know that you have a business called School of Grit, and your new book that's about to come out is School of Grit. So this would normally be my second question, but I'm just going to do it as the first question today. What is your definition of grit? (laughs) Yeah, great question. So, you know, if you look up grit in the dictionary, you'll probably find words like, you know, perseverance, 
the passion to, you know, achieve things over the long haul. So I guess my, my definition of grit would be being able to do the things that scare you, but you know, are good for you. And then seeing them through to the end and not quitting. That sounds like a pretty good definition. I know I try to teach my kids that. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> if you got any secrets along that, uh, please please share them. So lots of problem there. Teenagers, it's not going to stick. I think got to wait till they're about twenty, then maybe it'll stick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I ask everybody this question: uh, What group did you hang out with in high school? Probably not the good group. <laughs> so it was weird. <laughs> I was a good I, group. <laughs> I was a, I was a jock. Uh, I guess I, I played baseball in high school. So I lettered, I played all four years and then, um, yeah, I had, I had kind of like that set of friends. And then I had the, like the other set of friends that we, you know, we'd go out, have parties and all that, all that good stuff, get into trouble. Yeah. It was a mix. So that, that's good. Okay. So do you still get in trouble? No, no, that, uh, I tell you what, my, uh, my wife, so I've been married almost 17 years and she, she's kind of my polar opposite in that respect, kind of lived more of a sheltered life. Didn't really party that much or anything. And she, she has brought me down to, uh, to the place I needed to be. So it, it, uh, yeah, those days are long behind. Not that I won't, you know, turn on every once in a while if the mood strikes. Right. But no, I'm, I'm uh, pretty reserved now and I'm all about the kids and, and family. That's, that's, that's great. I guess it happens to all of us at some point. So uh, I know in your, your book, I was really intrigued by the subtitle, which is unlock your potential through purposefully purposeful adversity. Mm -hmm. And so uh, tell us more about that. We all start, we all hit adversity all the time, but what is purposeful adversity? Yeah. So you hit on something there, right? Like adversity is going to hit us in life. It's not a matter of if, but when, but I'm a believer you can train for it. Not that it makes it easy, but it will make it easier to get through whatever it is life has thrown your way. And, you know, purposeful adversity can be a number of different things. It could be, you know, signing up for a race. It could be going after an advanced degree, you know, something that's going to uh, better yourself, but is going to put you in those pressure situations that you're going to learn from. And chances are, you're probably going to fail along the way. And you know what I say to that? Good, good. Because failure is what promotes growth. So when I'm talking, my kids are younger. They're not teenagers yet, uh, but my daughter's 11, my son's eight. And that's one of the questions I asked them at the dinner table is, you know, what'd you fail at today in school? I'm more interested in that as opposed to the things that they're doing really well on because through failures is, is how you get to growth. And, you know, I, I wrote the book School of Grit and took, I really took stock of my own life at one point. And I just realized, luckily, I, I hadn't had to face a whole lot of adversity compared to some people. And what I mean by that is uh, my parents are still married. I had a great family uh, upbringing, still, still do. Like we're all super tight. I never had to worry about um, having a roof over my head or how I was going to eat. I mean, we weren't rich, but we definitely weren't poor. And I, you know, I didn't have to face a life debilitating disease like cancer or anything like that. Never have been deployed. You know, those are, that's real adversity, right? When you're talking life and death and, I just kind of took stock of my life and I said, you know, I don't think I've really tested myself. And so my new mission became, how do I grow my grit? And one of the ways you can grow your grit is by inviting adversity into your life, the right kinds 
of adversity, right? Stuff you're going to learn from. So I'm just a big believer in constantly challenging yourself day in, day out. In fact, I'm doing it right now as we speak. Uh, the, the school of grit. Well, yeah, you see me walking on a treadmill, which is what I do anyway. But we're actually in, in the school of grit uh, membership that I have. Uh, my members, we took on a challenge together. It started today and it's called the four by four by 48 challenge. Are you familiar with a guy by the name of uh, David Goggins? No. Uh -uh. He wrote a fantastic book called Can't Hurt Me, former Navy SEAL. But he put this challenge out and the idea is to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. It's like, well, that's pretty gnarly challenge, right? So I'm literally right in the middle of that. I'm getting ready to start right after this podcast. I'm getting ready to start round number three. So those are just little things we do inside the membership group to invite purposeful adversity into our lives, because that's how you learn about yourself. When those, when that inner dialogue, you know, when it's early in the morning, late at night, and uh, that voice inside you says, I just want to quit. I just want to sleep. I don't want to wake up. Like what's going to cause you to get out of bed and, and go do it. Go do the thing that you know you need to do. So it seems like there's several parts to this I'm hearing. It's sort of um, uh, mental uh, discipline, mm -hmm. uh, as well as having the ability to step up to challenges that come your way by creating ones, smaller ones along the way. So uh, so that you're not shocked. A lot of times adversity I see come to people and they just kind of deer in the headlights can't react. And that that's probably not, not advantageous to success in some places. So I, I know for me, when I was young and I graduated from high school, I got married when I was 18. So, you know, I felt like I really didn't know anything about anything and I wasn't prepared. And so everything was a big challenge and uh, and then when my daughter was born and she was very, very ill and they pronounced her dead three times in her first three years mm. is really when I learned, oh, I have a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. And I've used that my whole life now. But yeah, without that, I don't I don't think I would have ever known. So how, that was a real thing that happened. So how would someone do it when they don't really have those challenges that are real life? I mean, they're not in Ukraine. <laughs> And uh, that's right. Look what's yeah. going on right now. Per yeah. Perfect example. Right. Uh, and yeah. you don't have to, or you, yeah, you could turn on the news and you know, there's all sorts of negativity out there, which is why I oftentimes don't watch the news, but that's a whole nother topic. Well, I, I usually right. don't either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you hit on a great point. So, and my gosh, thank you for sharing that story. It was your daughter. I believe yeah. you said, yeah. So I bet you learned a lot about yourself. Do that sure experience. Did. And it's not that you want to go through something like that, but having gone through it, you can always kind of go back to that time frame when 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 it gets tough. I almost cussed right there. I, I'm, I'm not purposely because I don't know who's tuning in here, but you know, when when the S hits the fan, you can go back and say, Hey, it could always be worse. And I've been there, I've been through worse, I've lived it. So if you haven't had something like that in your in your background, what do you do? Well, you can seek it out. One of the ways you can do that is what I did. I, I literally went to Google. Let me back up a little bit. So how I even got to write the book, School of Grit, I talked about my background and was very fortunate, had a great upbringing and things kind of came somewhat easy, right? So I, I was like, okay, I, I want to put myself in a situation. I want to I purposely find up for something, but what? 
So I went to uh, YouTube and I typed in world's toughest training. And this video popped up and it was of a former Navy SEAL commander, Mark Devine. And he runs a camp called Kokoro Camp, which Kokoro is a Japanese term, means the blending of heart and mind into action. But it's based on Navy SEAL Hell Week. So if you know about Hell Week at all, actually, it was just in the news. Uh, a couple, yeah. a couple of trainees, unfortunately, I think one of them, I think passed away, unfortunately, yeah. but um, it's about a week worth of like hardly any sleep, you know, minimal, they give you enough food to, to go on, but it's just constant mental, emotional, intuitional training. And you just, you learn so much about yourself through that training. Now, I don't, I didn't want to be a Navy SEAL. That wasn't, that wasn't it. Right. But he developed this camps for civilians to really test themselves and go through that level of adversity and literally have everything stripped away from you and kind of start over from scratch, you know, which is basically what those pe people who have been in the military, these listeners, they'll know, right? The military, usually they, uh, they beat you down so they can rebuild you and bring you back up. That's what this camp did. I went there and it, and it shattered me. It broke me. But what set that camp apart from anything else was the cadre, the coaches that were there, they were there in those moments and they would help you get through in those moments that you wanted to quit because you were too cold, you were too tired, your muscles were cramping up, whatever, you know, they would sprinkle in those little pieces of advice and it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. I would not be here today talking to you right now had it not been for that camp. And in the book, I've got all those lessons. And I then apply them to everyday life as a parent, as an employee, you name it, right? Because it's, it's all, I, I, that's what I like to say is life, your, your battlefield is life, essentially, right? We're all firefighters. We're all putting out different things, running a million different directions. We're all quote unquote busy, right? But how do you handle that? And you, it's, it's up here. It's in the mind. You got to train your mind to be able to deal with adversity. So that's one way, you know, your listeners, if they're looking to, to invite adversity in their life, attend a crucible style experience. And there's lots of them out there. If you, if you know where to search or, you know, there could be other variations of that, but do something that's going to get you really uncomfortable, but it's going to test you mentally, physically, emotionally. That's what you really need to look for. So is all, all three components? Cause I, I know a physical challenge uh, I, under, I understand the physical challenge, and it sounds like to me with the physical challenge, also you're incorporating the mental challenge because you know you don't think you can do it, and you do it, or you keep doing it till you're done. So you're incorporating that. Some things are just mental, emotional challenges, mm -hmm. and some things are just physical challenges. But uh, it sounds like you do need all three parts to really get grit. I think so. I think they all work hand in hand. You, you know what I mean? And then if you can find the right experience where it involves teamwork and leadership, which I know absolutely ties into your book and your podcast. I mean, that's what I really learned out there was how to be a good teammate, how to be a leader. Who's going to step up when no one's there to step up and lead? I mean, that happened right away for us. With, we had a class of 50. We were given a, a certain exercise and they're like, hey, who's the class leader? Well, there wasn't a class leader design. So what do you think happened? Everybody's looking left, looking right. Like, eh, who's, who's the leader? Who's the leader? They're looking for somebody to step up and lead, which is going to... Learning that, that is a big one that I just talked to my kids just the other day. 
my daughter specifically, and just, you know, stepping up to take control when no one else is around. And like that serves you so well in life, whether in, you know, the business world and your personal life, you name it, right? It's, I was just about to ask you about, it seems to me, I remember I read a book last year about grit relating to raising children and how children need to really learn how to have grit. And uh, so can your program be translated for children? Can a parent go through this and then translate that for their kids? What do, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And in fact, I um, I would encourage it to go through things with 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 your children if possible, depending on their age. And yeah, the lessons the lessons that we learn as adults, and that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to pass our knowledge down to our kids and just make the next generation even better. Than, than what our generation is. So yeah, 100%. Those lessons are, are definitely transferable. Hi, this is Sue. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I'm so excited that my new book, The Trusted Leader, is about to launch. And if it's after February 1st, 2022, then it's already out there. And so I'm so excited because for years, I've been asked to help leaders to create a high trust environment. We have worked for 35 years to go in and help leaders uh, through intervening and facilitating the development of high trust teams and businesses. And now I'm teaching leaders how to do this for yourself. And trust is so important because it's really like having your foot on the gas of your business. And in so many businesses, people are working so hard, but their foot is on the brake as well. And so you expend a lot of time, energy, resources, and you just can't get where you should or could get. And so I hope you will go and get the book now and start your trusted leader journey. You can go to www.sudico.com dot com slash book and you can get the book there and you can pre-order the book there or you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or anywhere that you get your books. But I hope you'll go and get it and start reading it. I can't wait to get your feedback and to be on a trusted leader journey with you. Let's get back to the show. I know you believe that discipline is really like a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the lifestyle look like? So what does a day look like in your life or, or a couple days in your life look like? What does that lifestyle look like? Uh, I like that. So the reason I say discipline's huge, and, and I got this from uh, Jocko Willink, who's, who's a pretty big name, thought leader inside of a leadership and what, but he, he coined the phrase, discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom, right? So if, if you have a goal, say your goal is to write a book, right? Well, you got to be disciplined to get it done. It took me five years to write my book. Why? Because I wasn't disciplined. I didn't. I'd start a goal. And this could be like any other goal you might have in your life. But you, you start off usually on fire. You know, you're super motivated. But what happens to the motivation? It goes. <laughs> You can't possibly be motivated every single day of your life, right? So, so then what do you do? You got to be disciplined. And for me, uh, what my day looks like, I'm a, I, I wake up early. I do. I'm, I'm 4.30, 
five at the latest. And then I have, I'm big on morning routines and morning rituals. Huge. That's another, that's an easy thing. You can start to examine in your own life that if you incorporate every day will absolutely change your life. I guarantee it. Well, what's your morning ritual? Cause I, in my book, I talk about a morning ritual as well. How awesome. It is. Yeah. So, um, it starts with this water. I wake up, slam a glass of water. And then I do, I'm a big believer in breath work. So whether it's meditation, breath exercises, whatever. So I do my own breath work for about 10 minutes. And then I do somatic movement, um, which is just like some stretching slash yoga. I do that for another 10 minutes. And then I really contemplate the day and I, and I say, okay, what's, what's the one thing? What's the one thing I have to accomplish today? Like no matter what. And you, you know, we all have 20 things, right? But what's the one? What's the absolute one? And I concentrate on that. And then because I'm up earlier, usually my wife doesn't get up until say 6, 6.30. Kids usually aren't up till 7, 7.30. So I've got a nice chunk of an hour to an hour and a half. That's just mine. And, and I treat it as such. And I, and I, do, I, I work on the things I want to work on, whether that's working out, if, if I need to get a workout in that day and the rest of my day is crazy, I actually prefer to work out, you know, later in the day, I work from home. So I, I have that advantage, uh, but I'll work out in the morning or write, <laughs> do a, do a podcast, uh, you, you name it. Right. But it's going to be stuff geared towards what I think my passion is and, and what I'm working on stuff for the school of grit business, you know, you name it, but it's so important to take that time for yourself. And, uh, why I say that is there's a, uh, there's a famous saying, I think, by Sung Su, and he said something similar to uh, victorious warriors first win in the mine before setting foot on the battlefield. Well, again, the battlefield's life. So I'm going to set up my day and my mind to be proactive and work on me versus what I used to do, which was pick up my phone and look at my work email. And automatically be on the defense right from when I wake up. Such a shift, isn't it? Such a paradigm. Yeah, shift. well, you're not, you're, I always think about, I always tell myself I'm giving the first hour of the day to myself. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, now, it's like the gift to yourself. What does yours look like? Because I'd love to hear what yours looks like. Well, mine is I, I get up and my favorite thing to do is to take a walk. I do like a walking meditation. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and that is where our creativity just starts flowing. It's just, I, I love it. And then also the feeling of connecting with nature. So it's, uh, really trying to look at the leaves and the trees and the flowers. And so the walking meditation is the first thing. And then I come back and usually write in my journal. And so the med so the meditation has set me up for the creativity, which then gets recorded in the journal. And I'm a big believer in journaling where it's uh, continuous writing. So whatever comes to the subconscious comes out. And in my book, I have talked about training your brain and it's really uh, allowing your subconscious to tell you what you need to do. So you get a lot of direction, a lot of insights and stuff through that. And usually that takes about an hour. And then, uh, then it's like, okay, now I'm all ready to start my day. Now you got to start your day, right? Whatever, yeah, I always start. I also have a morning prayer. Oh, very that cool. I do. I always say that as I'm going to work. And I've been doing the same prayer for 40 years, which I, I shared in, in my, I think it's in the journal. I wrote a journal also. So it's in the journal. Oh, fantastic. I, I I'm a big believer in uh, setting intentions for the day. I couldn't agree more. And I, I do something similar when I'm doing my meditation practice. 
I recite uh, what I call my three P's. It's what I'm passionate about, what my principles are, and what my purpose is. And then I have this family ethos I created. I haven't been saying it for 40 years, but I've been saying it for probably six years, which is pretty cool. But I love it, right? Then that just gets you in that mode. And it's amazing the answers. I mean, the answers are inside you, aren't they? We just need to slow down. Slow, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, right? Slow down and let those answers just come out. Yeah, I, I do believe we can connect to whether it's our subconscious to our subconscious connecting to a bigger conscious. I don't know, but I know things will come through you if you can be uh, quiet enough and open enough. And sometimes what I, the technique I use, and I do it both in a meditative state, but also in a write, my writing state is just ask questions. Like I just ask the question and then to allow the answer to come. And I'm always really pretty much amazed by it. In fact, some of my writing feels like it's the same way. Like it just, it wasn't me. I just flowed through me and I just, yeah. I just put it down. <laughs> that, that That is so cool. And um, so, so great that you have that practice. You know, it's working out does that for me as well. If I, if I have something I'm thinking about, whether it's, Hey, what should I do? What's the next step with my business or, you know, trying to make a decision for your kids or, or your wife, you know, you're making a big decision. I like to take time. Like there's something to, Hey, let me sleep on it. But I like to work out on it is what I say. Cause when I push myself hard to where I'm literally the only thing I can think about is breathing because <laughs> you're so taxed. It's amazing how sim- simple life becomes. And then it's like all of a sudden, boom, the answer appears or that next direction you should go. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of that's, um, like you said, the world, a lot of it's your gut, you know, listening to your gut and not being afraid to take action on it. Yeah. Your gut, your heart, your brain. But I think one of the things I just was thinking about what you were saying that is it is what, whatever it takes for you to silence that inner judge that inner voice that never stops what you know, for you it's really heavy exercise for me it's probably a singing or walking and and just feeling so for everybody probably has some way but it's it, until you can silence that constant stuff that's going on in your head that you won't be able to hear it's the monkey mind, right? It, just, it is. It's we all have it. Endless, right? Just it goes on and goes on and goes on. Yeah, it's like what I hear the other day. It's like, like you have on average fifty thousand thoughts or whatever running running through your head every day, and and half of those are the same thoughts from like the day before. So it really makes you think about you know metacognition, right? Think about your thinking. Why am I thinking about that? Exactly, and so you know that's why I'm a really big believer in really learning to train your brain because i also believe that what you well i know what you think about is actually what creates your life so and yes. most of us just allow it to be like a pebble in a stream just whatever whatever it goes wherever it goes that's where we are but it doesn't have to be that way you could actually create what you want yep. but you do have to learn to discipline your brain and your brain is garbage in garbage out and you know Yes. It take, does take discipline. Yes. So what, what do you see as the biggest barriers, you know, the people that you're working with in really taking control and really growing grit? What, what do you kind of see as the barriers most people have? I think the barriers are for one, believing they can do it, believing they can change whatever, you know, crappy hand they had dealt to them or just where they are currently and, and, and truly believing that, that you do have a choice, like no matter what, 
you have a choice how you're gonna how you're gonna respond. And um, unfortunately, what I find is some people they just they can't do it alone. They need accountability. They need a coach. They need a mentor. Uh, I'm a big believer in having mentors and, and, and a coach. I mean, I have my own. And you just you need someone or some group to to help you out. And and that's that's really where I hopefully see the world moving back towards our uh, groups and 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 tribes. Like we weren't meant to do life alone. We just weren't. Like look at what COVID has done with yeah. you know mental illness and all that. And I mean, I see it. My kids are young. Right. So I, I hear stories within schools and, and, and see firsthand. And uh, we, we just we weren't meant to do life alone. We need people. I think technology has helped, you know, using the like we're talking, we're looking at each other. We're having a conversation with each other. It's awesome. I wish we were there, you know, live in person. But hey, this is the next best thing. Next best. Uh, yep. Next, next best. Yeah. So I think, you know, taking that taking that first step towards building grit is to also control that mindset like you've like you've mentioned earlier and learning how to silence those voices there's there's different tactics we teach um to handle that yeah i i do think a coach or a guide a mentor uh, are essential to everyone who wants to go from where they are to the next level <laughs> yeah and you've I had them I think you've had them your hard, whole life you know it's hard to do it by yourself yeah a absolutely you've had them your whole life whether you were in sports i mean you obviously had a coach for sports but uh, if you have a financial advisor they're basically they're they're a coach right if you're starting your own business you're probably going to hire someone who's done that before and can guide you so why is this any different i don't think it is i think <laughs> it's uh i think also you can't see yourself. Mm. And so without someone to reflect back, who's non, you know, you're free to actually listen to. If it's your spouse, you might go, well, no, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> if it's your exactly. kids, I'm not listening to you. But you know, you need someone who's a neutral person who can reflect back to you and, and help you see yourself in a clearer fashion. So true with kids. <laughs> we can tell them through the blue, blue in the face, can't we? As parents, and then as as soon as they hear it from anyone else, right? A neighbor, you name it. It's like, hey, learn. Look, guess what I learned today? And it's like I've been telling you that for the last year. <laughs> I hear yeah, you. Whatever. And when they're teenagers, it's a lot harder. Because I have a seventeen-year-old at home, and it's a lot harder. <laughs> so. uh, I, I hear. I hear it's tough. <laughs> well, so what is one thing that people could start doing today? to really increase their grit? Just one thing, huh? Great, great question. I would start with waking up a little bit earlier. I would. It's the probably easiest thing you can control. A lot of, I mean, not everybody sets alarm clock, but I still have to. But just, you know, whatever time it is you wake up, try just waking up 15 minutes earlier and just spending that 15 minutes on you. What well, It could be anything. And I know we've spent time talking about a morning routine. Mine did not start that way. You know, baby steps, right? Those don't just jump in off the deep end. Like I see so many people do with these crash diets and you know, you name it like little steps, wake up early and just drink a glass of water, maybe go outside, breathe in some nature and then go about your day. Right. And then what you'll start to notice is you'll probably like it. And you'll probably want to do more of it. So you'll wake up a little bit earlier. And then before you know it, those days habit stack on top of each other. Those days become weeks. Those weeks become months. 
Before you know it, you've been doing it for years and you've literally changed your life by doing one simple thing. And that is waking up just a little bit earlier than you do now. That's so cool. Think about how many hours that is over the course of a year. It's unbelievable. That's a lot. And of course, waking up earlier involves what? Having a bedtime routine. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's critical. So it really starts the night before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, how can people find you and find the book? Yes, yeah, Sue. Thank you. So my website's up and running. It's schoolofgrit.org. So that's O-R-G, not .com. So schoolofgrit.org. You'll find information about me, uh, access to the book, blogs, all that good stuff. I'm on social media as well. So if you search School of Grit, Brad Ritter, you'll find me. And then the books, it's in Amazon right now for order. So just check it out. School of Grit, Brad Ritter. It's also Barnes and Noble. And I just saw it actually on Walmart, <laughs> believe it or not. So there you go. Should be available yeah. on those channels. Well, that sounds good. It sounds like, you know, today in this day, as we're watching what's what's unfolding in the world, I think we all need to be thinking about how do we get a little more grit? Got to get grittier, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and that's just, I personally think we live, society has been awesome, right? But we're actually probably in the most comfortable generation of society. And we got to get back to hard work and knowing what that feels like and wanting to do it and and, and just make it just a little harder. It doesn't have to be so easy. You know, I remember, of course, I'm sure you do too. Like we, we search for stuff. It's Google, right? Google gets us the answer. I remember the Dewey Decimal System and having to go to the library. And it was like, it was a win if you could just find the book you were looking for. You know what I mean? So we kind of got to get back to that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. There's, we need to have enough um, uh, abilities so that when there is challenges that come our way, whether they're personal, professional, or they're the whole world, we need to be able to rise up and, and meet the challenge. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate it. No, this has been awesome. Uh, I know we could keep going, but thank you, Sue. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. And that wherever you're listening to this podcast, you will subscribe And if you enjoyed this episode, send it to someone who you think can really use this message that you got today. And also, please leave us a review. You know, your honest review, wherever you listen to your podcasts, would be much appreciated. And of course, the more reviews we get, the better they are, the better for the podcast. I'm truly on a mission to get more and more people to understand that trust is the essential element. So I hope you'll be part of that. You know, this show really exists to help you leaders to build your business on a foundation of trust so that you can reap the rewards of becoming that top performer in your market. I see over and over where no one can possibly reach the levels of those people that understand how to build a high trust culture in their business. Now, today, if you're really curious about starting your trusted leader journey, you can get started right away if you just take the free trusted leader profile and you can learn where you fall along the trusted leader continuum. And this really can unlock your confidence on where you are and what you need to do. It's very specific on what you can do. 
gives you a snapshot of your leadership style. So if you want to take that, just go to www.sudico.com and then forward slash profile, and you will get immediate access to the trusted leader profile. Once again, that is www.sudico.com forward slash profile. All right, that's a wrap. I just can't wait to hang out with you again on our next episode. 